Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. Look who's back. Hey, everybody. Did you <laughs> Sarasota and give him a piece of your mind? I sure did. I sat there and banged on that front door for like a good 30 minutes before the police came. But I, but yeah, I made my opinions known. <laughs> then you realized you were actually in Orlando and banging on the door of a 7-Eleven. So. <laughs> uh yeah same thing i'll get this i'll get my comic book back just as fast from the 7-eleven probably hey, <laughs> if you're not following us on facebook and instagram why not it's at bronze and modern gods also the website is bronze so glad you're back richard well thank uh, you and if you like seeing richard like this video subscribe hit the notification bell so you know when he's back each time and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Bonus episode time. Your questions, your comments. Also, the Instagram market watch from Ali at Elite underscore Comics 11. More huge sales this week we're going to cover. But first, a breaking news. All right. You know, I don't know why they want to keep poking the bear. Why do they keep giving us reasons to talk about them, guys? I, I don't. At least this wasn't another signing, although they did announce another signing. <laughs> exactly. CGC has promoted Matt Nelson to president of CGC. Now, if you're not familiar with Matt Nelson, Nelson was the president of CCS, which was C which is still CGC's pressing division. Then he became CGC's primary grader when CBCS spun off with Steve Borak. What does this mean? Well, for me... It means the new owners aren't planning on many big sweeping changes at the executive level from what it appears. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I, the, the, there's going to be a transition, definitely. The, the new investors are going to start putting their people in, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, just like I don't see a, a lot of new services happening anytime soon. We'll see, hopefully, an expansion of the number of graders that they have so that they can bring in more money with the services they already have as a matter of scale. But yeah, new, new owners are going to play this carefully with a $500 million investment. I would like to think that this will empower Matt to make some changes. Uh, maybe he, he wasn't in the position to make changes. I mean, he was the primary grader. It wasn't like he was, uh, I don't know. I, we, the, the honest truth is we don't know what his powers were or really what his powers are now. But I would assume if you're president of the entire division, you can say, all right, we're going to set aside this much of the P&L and our budget now for new hires in this area. And we also don't know what his, his budgetary uh, limitations were. You know, he, now there's, you know, an influx of money. And like we talked on a, a previous episode, maybe they're going to open a, a New York office, an LA office and start, uh, giving people other options besides sending their books to Sarasota. And just a reminder, if you open up an LA office or a Cleveland office, we are huge, huge whores. We'll do it. <laughs> yes. I'll stand outside. I'll do your commercials for your Cleveland office. We are. We are huge whores. So <laughs> let us know. Let's go on to viewer mail. You've got mail. All right. You guys follow us on Instagram. You saw this earlier this week. It caught on fire. You want to talk about something viral like a variant? <laughs> yeah, this was all everywhere. I'm going to put it up now, and I'm going to read it to you. This is in a comic shop somewhere unnamed in the back issue bin on the wall. It says, due to the nature of the speculator's market, 
we reserve the right to check and reprice any and all back issues according to current going value. Well, I think they mean current market value, current going value. Let's work on our English there, people. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking now. What do we think about signage like this? It seems to be spreading. It's, you know, it's, it's in reaction to how quickly prices have, have changed and, and continue to change. To me, it's a sign of laziness. I mean, the, the part of the job of the comic book store, part of what we're paying for is for them to put accurate values on the books that we pick, not to, for us to find the valuable books, take them up to the counter and then have them use the internet to price them there. That's, that's just a horrible practice because now you're using my time to do your job. And to me, that is just, that, that just goes against what you should do for your customers. I was a retailer. Um, I've been on the other side of this. I, I, I really try to empathize with retailers and the struggles and the resource issues and the, and the manpower issues and just X amount of hours in a day to stay on top of things. But then I have to also say, look, that inventory is sitting in your long box it must not have meant that much to you if you let it sit in the long box. We're not talking about a journey into mystery 83 that was in a box that was priced $10 incorrectly. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a book that was maybe three to $5 a couple of weeks ago and is now 20 bucks on eBay. Let's be real clear what we're talking about. That's the kind right. of we're talking about. If you are that, if your margins are that razor thin that you're willing to alienate customers and send people drive people away from your store just to make that extra ten dollars because you didn't pull that copy of Department of Truth number two out of your long box and reprice it appropriately. Uh, you shouldn't be doing this. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, now I will say on the retailer side as well. I had a live event with Ryan from Pulp Fiction Long Beach uh, this week. It's on the channel if you want to go see it. It's archived there. It was really fun. And he um, had some really great comments from the retailer perspective. You know, there again, there are differences here. A book was placed in the wrong place. Yeah, you know what? Give the retailer a break. Uh, but you find a $20 book in the dollar bin. Hey, he's like, good, good job. You know, I'm not going to stop you from buying it. Uh, as long as the spirit is there. And by the spirit, I mean, you're not trying to rip off a shop blind and he's not trying to rip you off. It is uh -huh. kind of a symbiotic relationship that, that's there. Yeah, it, it, it is. I can, and I can understand and I feel for shop owners because I know it's, it's not necessarily an easy job. But this is your inventory. This is your source of revenue. You need to know the value of your source of revenue. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be a bank and then not know the value of the 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 bearer bonds that are in your in your safe. And it's the same concept. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be as granular as this book is twenty five dollars, but at least put the book in the twenty dollar bin or, or box or the thirty dollar box. What have you? Don't just leave them mixed in with uh, the dollar books and, and expect not you know, you know to expect to regrade or reprice that book when you get to the counter. Give the person who's going through your boxes uh, the common courtesy of knowing how much the books they have in their hand are going to cost before they get to the cash register. But Richard, I have over 60 long boxes in my shop. I don't have time to go through all 60 of them. Guess what? 
you have too much inventory. You should be glad someone's buying stuff and getting rid of your inventory. There's no right. reason they have 60 long boxes of back issues in the comic book store in 2021. Unless 40 of them are dollar dollar boxes, you know, you, you don't really. You, yeah, it's it's not it takes effort. You go through your long boxes. I agree with John. 60 is too many. You go through your long boxes on a regular basis, once a week, once a month, and you call the books. You go through and you find the books that have increased in value that are no longer appropriate for that box, and you move them over to the next box, that next highest tier. Uh, it's a part of the, of, of the inventory management process, and you've got plenty of time on your hands. I should say that. Well, you, if, you have, even if you don't have time, you have several tools, both paid and free. Mm -hmm that are at your fingertips on the internet, go collect. If you want to pay key collector, if you want free key collector, the, the free version, you can see when something is trending and surging or show Loki. If you don't know to pull the Walt Simons and Thor's out of your back issue and look for the frog issue and things like that at this point, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Yeah. You're, 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 you're not doing your job in my opinion. Uh, and if someone finds a book out of your inventory that is valuable, like like one, one of the, the frog Thors, it's on you uh, and not on the customer to to take the, to take the price that you have it marked at. If it's marked as five dollars, sell it to the customer at five dollars and use it as a lesson learned to go to the head box and see what else is in there that may uh, exceed the value assigned to it. I mean, there the sign is aggressive. I think that's my problem with it. I, I I almost don't even have a problem with we reserve the right to change prices, even though the, you know other people may disagree with me on that. Many many do. I, the aggressive nature of the sign is putting the assumption that hey, I know you're a customer here, but you're trying to rip me off, and I'm on mm -hmm. top, buddy. Don't think you can rip me off. And who wants to shop at a place that is so unfriendly? Right. And, you know, you're putting the onus on the customer because at least, you know, there's variations of the sign I saw on, on Instagram all week. For example, one shop owner specifically did not price their books. You, you have a shop in your local uh, town there that's like, yes, that. yes. The, there's no prices on the books. You bring them to the counter and they price them there at the counter. And th then it becomes um, uh, a task for the shop owner and for you to agree on a grade uh, you know, for that particular, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just unnecessary. And I think really, if I'm looking to provide the best customer service as a business to my customers, I want to have my books priced and ready to be purchased um, at, at the time the customer is shopping for them, not at the time that you check out. The problem with the uh, bring it up and I'll price it method. There's a couple problems. Nine times out of 10, they go on eBay and they take a look at the posted prices. They're not looking at the sold prices. They're looking at the posted uh -huh. prices. And the posted prices are looking at the book as if it is a 9.8 candidate, which 90% of books that have been hanging around in back issue bins without a press and a clean are not 9.8 candidates. So uh -huh. why are you charging me a near mint plus price when this is an 8.0, 8.5 at best? So also I've had people, um, uh, there's a little bit of notoriety now. Oh, you're the pressing guy. You're going to take this home and press it and resell it. Aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Right. And that's, and that's perfectly fine. You know, if, if I was doing my job as a shop owner, 
I, I would be happy for you to, to, to be shopping my inventory to find pressable books, because if I didn't do it myself it, it, and it, it's, a, it's something that you find value in and you're buying it from my inventory, we both win. Uh, you guys have lots of thoughts on this. We want to hear them. We saw them on Instagram. That was probably one of our most active uh, uh, <laughs> posts in, in some time. Uh, keep it going. Go in the comments here. Let us know what you think. Let her rip. Uh, I, I would say when you leave comments, be empathetic. And by that, I mean be, be a kind person and put yourself in the retailer's shoes for just a second. I'm not saying agree with the sign. I'm saying, what would you do if you were a retailer? And be realistic. You know, oh, I would go through my back issues every day. Okay, what time of day would you do that? Would you come in early? <laughs> would, you, would you do it after the store closed? You only have yourself and maybe one other employee. I Really mm -hmm. be realistic uh, and, and try to put the shoes on of the retailer. Right. I, I have a, another uh, LCS that I go to that prices books and um, – when I bring them up to the counter, 90% of the books, that whatever they're marked as, that's what I get them for. There are a couple of rare occasions where um, they'll say, wow, I don't know how this got mispriced or this is, this is I'm going to have to reprice this book. And, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to deal with that because I know that that's an exception to the rule as opposed to me having to second guess every, you know, every time they, they reprice a book. So, you know, there, there, I, I feel for retailers, I can understand with these goods uh, sometimes that accidents happen and the books aren't priced correctly uh, or they haven't been repriced for for over a year. What have you? Oh, whose problem is that now? That's where you lose. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is definitely their, their problem to, to, to some degree, but in, when it's more of an exception rather than, you know, I buy 10 books and nine of them are, you know, just rung up as they're marked the 10th book, you know, Oh, wow. There's an issue with this one. Do you still want it? I know meet you halfway or what have you. There's, you know, I, I've great, great, re, great reseller. And I'm willing to work with them because of, of the relationship that we've built. So that, that I find more tolerable. I have no problem with that. That's an honest approach. I, I have a problem with the signage. You're yeah. Yeah. You know, don't you think you're going to get me, Mr. Customer? I'll show right. you. All right. Let us know what you guys think. Richard, what's your next piece of viewer mail? My next piece is from Eric Perry. And this is in regards to, we talked about when we were talking about submitting books to CGC, we mentioned a sneaky method, which was taking a, um, a let's say, a modern tier uh, set of books, let's say five modern books, and putting them in with um, the uh, walkthrough books, for example. Uh, so putting one walkthrough book and then five modern tier books, put them in the same box. CGC says mark the outside of the box with WK uh, to make sure that people know that they're walkthrough. What happens when the books that are walkthrough get to the CGC uh, storage area is they get sorted and pulled out of the massive boxes that sit there waiting to be graded and they're pulled to the front of the line basically so they that box gets opened and there's your your walkthrough book and then oh look there's also five modern tier books in here well we got we've pulled these out so we now have to put them into the queue as well so it's a way of short circuiting the wait that happens well um eric perry here says 
the sneaky methods of which you spoke is no longer effective. Uh -huh. CGC, yeah, but you know, there's, a, there's a bright side to this. CGC has counted turnaround time differently since their recent price changes. The delivered date, which will match your USPS or other tracking number, is when the clock starts ticking for your order. The date on which CGC opens the box is irrelevant. Okay, so that so when you can't sneak them in like we used to. Darn it. Uh, I received this info directly from Jennifer at CGC. Feel free to use the Ask CGC forum on their chat board to verify. Thank and you know, it's sorry. a great. I'm sorry. It's it's a great forum. I was I was on there and I and and I looked through the information. And uh, Jennifer, who is a representative for CGC, says, um, you know, this was this was was from early July. They were opening books from uh, five three right now. But the second sentence is more important, uh, which is the turnaround times listed on our website include the time your package waits before being opened. And I think that's a that's an important piece of information. So if my books are I submit my books, they arrive at CGC on, uh, let's say, July 1st and the current turnaround for moderns is 100 days Um that 100 days starts on July 1st, which kind of makes calculating in your head uh, easier to, you know, we're talking working days, of course, not, not calendar days. But at least you, you, you have some idea of when CGC is starting that counter, which I didn't think we had before. What do you think? Uh, first, Eric, thanks for keeping us honest. I did not know that. Um, I still think it's too long. That's what I think. I oh, mean, yeah. let's let's stop I feel like we're beating a dead horse, but it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah. it's because everybody has something invested in this, right? Yeah. And uh, either books or money or both. And um, it's it's frustrating to see such horrible service from a company that is so pivotal to the community. Um, it's it it's it's tough because the alternatives aren't as profitable as CGC is. And, you know, we're, we're working towards trying to find some alter some, some way of working around this, but there really isn't. Not yet. You know, I hear they have a new president. All right. My <laughs> next piece of viewer mail is from Jeff, who actually emailed us at our email address, bronze and modern gods at gmail.com. If you don't know about that. Hey guys. I wonder what your thoughts are or what you know about how the market treats Pence variants for comics. And I would consider them variants seeing as, as how they are the same exact books as their U.S. cousins, same print run, just the price and date swapped out at the time of printing. That is correct. It's just a black plate change that happened at the same time. I remember looking into it several years ago, and they seem to be considered second-class citizens, usually going for around half the price of U.S. price books. Has that changed at all? Given the current market of investing mania, it would seem like they could be seen as a good opportunity to get in on something rare. To me, they're no difference than a U.S. cover price variant or a newsstand version versus direct edition, etc. All right, several things here. Are they still seen as second-class citizens? Yep, it's uh, sad but true. You that that prevailing thought is still prevailing. Should they be seen as second-class citizens? I don't think so. Why are Canadian variants so desirable, but a UK Pence variant of Fantastic Four number four is seen as a poo-poo? No, thank you. Uh, it, you know, it sells less than a restored copy sometimes. Uh, 
I think there is a, a time for a correction on this. And I look to the children. The children are our future. Teach them well. Uh, I, I think there will always be a stigma with foreign uh, versions, uh, variants of books. So the Pence books, I think, will always be secondary. I think the reason why the Canadian books get away with it is because the Canadian books are still marked in sense. I mean, you unless you know that a dollar book versus a, uh, a 60 cent book is a, a Canadian variant, it, it, it goes past most people's notice. So they really, you really can't pick them out as easy as you can the 10 P or, or, or what have you. So I, I think as long as uh, there is that bias, we're going to see these big books uh, be worth less. But on the flip side, that's great if you're a collector and you're not looking to actually flip a book. You just want to have a book in your collection. You could get a Fantastic Four number four for a fraction of what you would pay for a U.S. book. I I don't get it, though. You say the Canadian version is different because it's got dollars and cents or what? No, it's different. It's a different book. It's got a different price on it. It's a black plate change. It's the same exact thing. I, 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 I agree with you. I don't get I, it. I agree with you. It is the same thing. I'm thinking like of uh, like Thor three three thirty seven. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Canadian price variant of that book is worth more, or our Secret Wars number one, the Canadian uh, print variant of that is worth more. Uh, I think. I think again, it's it's a bias towards um, North America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pr pretty much. Uh, and and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Well, you know, I think as a country, we escape from those limey Brits uh, <laughs> and we love our freedom and our eagles and our beer and our beer pong. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it, Jeff. I'm with you. I think it's time for a change. Jeff, why don't you start? You, you make the change, Jeff. Thanks for writing in. All right. What's the last? <laughs> uh, my next piece of viewer mail is from Marcus Vernon. Great show. This is from last week's uh, episode. Missed Richard, but Evan was great. Aww. I feel he missed you. <laughs> Evan did a great job. I appreciate it, Evan. I feel Evan's pain on sorting and bagging such a large collection. I have been rebagging, boarding my collection, 30 long boxes. Half of the boxes are from when I, and I collected 30 plus years ago, and the other has been from the past five years. After I bag and board a long box and sort it A to Z, I have about four boxes left to do, and then I will merge all the boxes together. It's definitely been a chore, but it's fun seeing stuff I haven't seen forever or, or have forgotten about. I have, I have been posting stuff on Instagram, Space Wharf Comics, and tagged you guys on a Quasar book. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel for you. Um, Evan has his work cut out, over 50 boxes. Uh, he was going to ask his wife to sort, help him sort, but the joke was she was going to put all the number ones in one box and then all the number twos in another box. <laughs> all the red covers are over here. <laughs> oh. I but no. to help fly to Cleveland and help him sort. I just told him <laughs> I get to keep what I find. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's got a he's, you know, long-term collector and not a speculator, a person who actually collects and reads the books. So he's got, it's going to be, a, just like just like Marcus was saying, it's going to be an adventure finding books that you haven't read in a million years and you know being caught into that nostalgia. So while it's definitely going to be a pain going through 50 boxes worth of stuff, 
it's also a joy. You know, it's 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 celebrating your collector um, impulses and this, you know, the state of your collection. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of envy him going through all those boxes. He's not going to do it all at once. Obviously, he's going to take his time doing it. But yeah, I envy him, too, because I know what's hiding in those boxes. Because I know what he read. I know what yeah. he collected. There's going to be a New Mutants 98 in there. There's going to be a Detective Comics, that classic McFarlane cover for Batman in there. Mm-hmm. I, just, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. New Teen Titans number two, first Deathstroke. I know what's hiding in those boxes. That's why I want to yeah. My grubby little mitts all over. <laughs> There's a Nick's number three in there. Yeah. Uh, a Dark Knight. Yeah, he's got. He is. He's a collector. He collects. He collects a, a lot of a lot of books that were very popular. And um, I know him. I've seen his collection in person, and they're pristine. So oh. uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun. I, I may slip over there and kind of give him a hand every now and then. <laughs> I don't think you're going to run across like complete runs of brigade or anything. <laughs> like that. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. So good luck, Evan. Uh, let us know. Our commission is only 48%. Uh, thank you, everybody, for writing in. If you have a question you want us to tackle or a comment, you can leave it here on YouTube, or you can DM us at Bronze and Modern Gods on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email us at bronzeandmoderngods at gmail.com. Guess what it's time for, Richard? Mark the watch. It's time to dance. Instagram Market Watch with <laughs> Ali from Elite underscore Comics 11. I can hear the music. Ta, 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 ta. And here he is now. Hello, Ali. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're, uh, we're almost through this week. so um... Almost. Uh, remind everybody... Who you are and where you can be found, even though it's right there on the screen. Yeah, my name's Ali, and I'm from Elite underscore Comics 11 on Instagram. It is the platform's premier consignment page. So constantly being, you know, posting big books for sale and helping people sell their books. So that's what we do. I see a couple of uh, Marvel Silver Age keys here this week. Started. What's the first one? So the first one I wanted to share that sold on our page Fantastic Four, number four. It's uh, It was a CGC 2.0 off-white pages. It's the first Silver Age Submariner. A lot of rumors out there. I don't even know if there's still rumors anymore. Maybe you guys can confirm or not confirm, but people feel like this character is coming to the MCU. This one sold for $3,200. Black Panther 2. That seems to be the source of most of the rumors that... There was a story in Christopher Priest's run of Black Panther where Namor and uh, T'Challa got into a bit of a scuffle of uh, their nations. Not sure how they're going to handle that now, but, you know, it could always be Killmonger or Shuri, I suppose, Rich. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It ended up flooding um, the Wakandan capital. So, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, this, this book uh, is a harder book to get. Uh, not you know even before we've had this recent uh, spate of uh, news about uh, Black Panther two, this book was always just a really desirable book. We've got um, the last sale on uh, GPA is twenty seven fifty for this book, so uh, I still think that that's that's uh, the price that the buyer got was a good price for it. Yeah, it's definitely trending upward. Uh, did oh, very much so. In that Black Panther story where he flooded Wakanda, did he use his funky horn? 
to like uh, do that. That's that was lost on the bottom of the ocean. If he found it again, that would be a miracle. The one that goes toot <laughs> toot. <laughs> You've never seen that meme of Namor blowing his horn from Spidey Super Stories. The sound effect is toot. I'll, I'll hear it in. The, I'll hear it when it comes to the MCU. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one, it's it's the original Star Wars number one in a CGC 9.8 with white pages. This book, uh, it sold on, it was it was kind of like a one of our late kind of claim fest live sales. Somebody got a deal, sold for 5400 So congratulations, especially to the buyer on it. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's obviously like the gateway to the Star Wars kind of comic universe, and uh, it's mm-hmm. we know what's going on with the Star Wars property. Uh, I will just say that, like, I personally have tried to press several of these books into a nine point eight. It is not easy to get this book into a nine point eight because of the black on the cover. So, uh, last GPA sale on that was fifty six hundred. So somebody got a little little bit of a bargain. Uh, thank you for not saying it was a newsstand edition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the buyer got a huge bargain. Uh, this is another case where I think uh, the GPA price is just behind the times. Uh, I've seen a number of these, well, not a huge number, but a number of them sell for a lot more than this. Mm-hmm. So definite, definitely a good buy by uh, the, the buyer. For the for the new people, new collectors that don't know what that joke about the newsstand edition was, this was only sold on the newsstand. There was no direct market yet. So if anybody tries to get you to buy a Star Wars number one and they have a premium on it because it's a newsstand edition, tell them no thanks. But there, <laughs> but there are the reprints. So if there's there the a spot, you got to be wary mm-hmm. because that's not that's not the first print, right? right. In not the- only not only the reprints, but also the thirty five cent variant of this book. Oh, that one, yeah. 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 I'll pay a premium for that one, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the last one for today, um, Journey into Mystery 85. It's it's the first Loki. It was a CGC uh, 5.5 off-white to white pages. Um, Let's just say, uh, you know, no spoilers, a show wrapped up, I think, as of our broadcast, and I've noticed since that show concluded that these journey and mystery 85s um they're starting to move again people are excited i think where that show ended up so and, and so this this copy sold for 6500 gpa on that last sale was 7200 uh the 90-day gpa on that uh 5940 so mm-hmm. right in between there shows that trend richard you said it's been renewed Yes, the show was renewed for a second season, so next year we'll be seeing more of uh, of the continuum of that story. So uh, I think this is a great buy. Uh, this is obviously not the last we're going to see of Loki in the uh, in the MCU. So definitely buy, as I say all the time for these major keys, buy them while you can afford them because there will come a time when you will not be able to. So yeah, definitely a good buy. People forget Journey into Mystery 85 is a really early Marvel Silver Age hero book. Uh, it's the same time period. Fantastic Four is still in the single digits. Uh, it's concurrent with Incredible Hulk 1 through 6 at that same time period. So, you know, it's it's easy to, to just decades of Thor being B-level, C-level yeah. when it came to collecting, but not the case anymore mm-hmm. at all. Right thousand these and yeah it was it was definitely a rough rough going there but yeah these easy these early gems are great 
great buys. Now, I know people have opinions about GPA. I use it as a guide stick. It's not, you know, uh, definitely something set in stone for sure. But I do want to point out one thing I noticed this week, and I don't know if when it rolled out, if it's new, if I just missed it. But now you can search by title and issue number, which saves you so much time. You don't have to type in Star Wars, then scroll through the 800 Star Wars titles to find the one from 1977. Click on that and then scroll to find, you know, issue 107. You can actually just type in the, the title and the issue number. So good job, GPA peeps. It's yeah. about time. I've been wondering what their programmers do for a living. <laughs> With as many people going on there, uh, we'll definitely take the, the upgrade. It's a little surprising that uh, some of these things take so long to roll out. But. Well, they're, they're not all Perl programmers like Richard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ali, remind everybody where they can find you again. Yeah, head over to at elite underscore comics 11. If you got a book to sell, we can definitely help you out with that. Or you could just check the fire that we post every day. And I, I, I have to comment uh, that uh, Elite sells not only these top tier books, but lower tier books as well. Books from 100 bucks on up. So if no matter what you have as uh, you, you wanted to sell, approach them and see uh, if you can uh, use their services. Even, yeah. even turtle books. Even turtle books. Even turtle books. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you next Thank week. You guys. All right. Thank you, Ali. No underrated book guest this week. We're going to work on that for you. Trust me. We're trying to get some people lined up, but we are going to get out of here. Remind you to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Richard. Everybody, remember Bronze of Modern Gods on Facebook, Instagram, bronzeofmoderngods.com website. We respond to emails as well. Yeah, and there may be a live sale again coming soon in a couple of weeks. So keep watching. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Richard. We'll see you next time. Okay, everybody stay safe.